To the Holiday Moons podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Cole, and I will be talking about how to get over the post-holidays blues. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about January, the National Mentoring Month. And this is Randy, and this month we have Inauguration Day in the United States, and I will be talking about some interesting events that have happened at past Inauguration Days. Hmm. We've had a busy week this past week. With all of our holiday happenings, we're recording this the Sunday after Christmas Day. So since our last recording, we've had lots of fun Christmas activities as well as Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. So looking back on the week, I know one of the things we did since Sydney and I and Beth were all off this past week was we decided to make Tuesday just kind of a fun outing day. We went to uh, one of Beth's favorite restaurants, Uncle Julio's. And before that, we went to the Cheesecake Factory because they have peppermint chocolate cheesecake. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I had to reserve uh, pieces of it before we went to make sure because they sell out so quickly. Yeah, so it was kind of like an order out. So me and Dad went in, picked it up, and then um, went back out to the car. It was very quick. Yes. I guess it was peppermint bark cheesecake because the coating on the bottom, the crust, quote unquote, was chocolate. And then the peppermint and cheesecake was more just, it wasn't a chocolate cheesecake. It was, right, right. It was yeah. peppermint cheesecake. So how did, because Beth got her eyes set on this somehow. So I don't know if Sydney or Beth found it, but Beth you guys were like targeted on this once well, you found out about it. I love peppermint things. I just love peppermint. And peppermint cheesecake came up. It must have come up on Facebook or something. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Wow, that sounds so good. And then when you mentioned going to Uncle Julio's, I was like, oh, is there a cheesecake factory near there? And Cindy said, there's one very close to that. And I was like, okay then. (laughs) All the stars aligned. Yeah. (laughs) And then we called ahead the day before, and by 4 o'clock they were out. Yes. So Randy called the morning that we were leaving, and they put aside some of them for us. So Yeah, that was very fun. And was it worth it? It was so good. I feel I still have a piece. I actually got two pieces, and I've been eating just bits of them. <laughs> yeah, because it's pretty rich. It's pretty rich, and it's kind of nice to savor it. Right. And speaking of stars aligning, on our way home, we actually did get to see Jupiter and Saturn, what people have been calling the Christmas star, which is really, the, in this case, the conjunction of those two planets out west. And we couldn't see it from our home because it either was cloudy or the trees, you know, we live in a pine forest, kind of hard to see. But because of where we were on the road home that evening, we were able to see it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was nice. And prior to that, we went to the Bull Run Lights in Centerville, Virginia. Now, Dad and I pass these by pretty much every December when we go home from work. And we always see them, but we've never visited them. Right. So this time, me dad and mom went and we got there maybe like it ended up being like a half an hour early we didn't realize it it, they didn't open yet but it was good because um, we were like six different rows of cars and we were like the third back to one of the rows and by the time they opened there's a huge line of cars behind us right on all six lanes yeah in all six lanes but it's very very pretty 
And um, we just went through huge displays and it was just very relaxing. There weren't a lot of cars pushing you from behind. Everybody was just kind of chilling and enjoying the view and the lights. Yeah, it went down to just two lanes. Yeah. So it's not like you you could get stuck in the middle of a six. Like right. the, that was just the entry point. Right. And it was. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to see all the lights and the displays and the creativity. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was really neat. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That leads then to Christmas Eve, which is always a very fun time as well. So Christmas Eve, we always start with that crazy t- tradition of giving one gift to uh, each member of the family for them to open on Christmas Eve. So we did that. I almost remembered it this year. I remembered it, but then I kind of lost track of one of Beth's gifts that she wanted. But then I, by reopening a number of gifts, I think eight or nine, I found it. I think it was like 10 maybe, or 11. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it was several. It was several. Fortunately, I could like... Like, slice them open, pull them out, and then put them back in without too much trouble. But I found it. That was hilarious, because I had said, oh, I want this pair of pajamas for Christmas Day. And I knew, I said, yep, they're in that pile. I before, As I'm wrapping them, I'll pull it out, and then I completely forgot. So, And then I thought they were in a small box, so I looked at all the small boxes first, and I thought, well, maybe they're in a medium box. With through all the media boxes, they were in a large box. Of course. Yeah, so. Like, <laughs> Why would they be? Alrighty then. So that was fun. Then we had our uh, annual family Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve, which is ham and our um, cheese and noodles casserole that we put together and and fruit salad for us, which is very yummy. It was like, yeah, it was around one or two. And then that led us to go over to our friends, the Andersons. They always have a Christmas Eve activity, (laughs) hot chocolate and cookies. And we always exchanged gifts with them that night. And we actually watched a recording of the church that we attend and their service. So that was a lot of fun. We had a good time laughing and, you know, just hanging out, basically, which is what we do. And then we headed home. And that day was just crazy rain. It was. It was was like nonstop heavy rain. If it had been snow, we would have been snowed in for days. It was so much rain. Yes. I kept thinking, oh, this would have been so nice if it was snow. But then... I don't think we could have gotten out to the Andersons if it was snow. Yeah, it was, it was so much. it just came down constantly. Yeah. And I'm not sure I would have been able to make it over to you guys for Christmas if right. all of that did snow. Yes, yeah, exactly. that's true. The unfortunate side effect of it is that we did have snow on the ground and it washed it all away. Yeah, that's sad. But it did flurry a little bit the next day, so that kind of... That was a treat. That was unexpected and a very fun mm-hmm. Christmas treat along the way. Yeah. Yes, and the next day was Christmas Day, so Yay. we didn't stay up as late as we have on Christmas Eve, which was nice because, <laughs> you know, we could sleep in a little bit on Christmas Day as well and get a good rest. We started opening gifts around 9.30. That's, Cole came over around 9.30. I didn't sleep in. I got up to make sticky buns. That's right. Beth got up to make sticky buns. Oh, yeah, and I was up um, since 4. Right? <laughs> that morning. Well, yeah. you could have slept in. I could have slept in. But I wanted to, I ended up going downstairs and it was all dark and I turned on all the Christmas lights and it was so pretty just to sit, sit there and look at the Christmas tree. It is nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So Beth made yummy cinnamon rolls. A very, cinnamon rolls. Very complicated recipe that started the day before That's and right. finished up that morning. Yep. But they were well worth it. We still have several. Oh, well, not that many. <laughs> they're, they're going down fast. They're good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we started opening gifts around 9.30 when Cole came over. As Cole mentioned, we had fun, some fun snow flurries along the way. 
in addition to our yummy cinnamon rolls. So what was a something that kind of stood out to you Christmas Day-wise? Well, we had a lot of fun as family. We got the cats some toys that they love to play with. That's so funny. For me, I ended up getting a lot of stuff for my apartment, or my future apartment, and um, organization-type stuff, which I love. And some stuff, um, I'm planning to get a dog once I move, so I got some fun stuff for that. What yeah. kind of dog are you going to get? A Yorkie Poo. A tiny little Yorkie Poo. What, what are you going to name it again? I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. The <laughs> <laughs> name is a surprise. He's keeping this uh, a well-kept secret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she is. I got a replacement weather system, which was very fun. My weather system has been out of commission this past, <laughs> most of this past year. Pretty much. It just stopped working. It just kept like yeah. one temperature constantly. Yeah. Well, I and guess it would change sometimes. It but. would. Like if it would get hot, it would be so dramatic and say it was like 110 or something <laughs> like that. It and we live just, in Virginia. Yeah. And it wasn't 110 every day in Virginia. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been nice to have that weather system working and giving us the right information. It is. Very nice. We also got... Our first Roomba equivalent, it was, it's a Yuffie, mm-hmm. um, which was rated pretty high on Amazon and Consumer Reports. We've been testing that out. I was kind of curious as to how the cats would react to that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think Autumn was observing it. It looks like she was supervising it. Yes. It was, <laughs> she was just kind of just sitting there watching it. What's well, a whole new thing. Yeah, and Ember was, like, so suspicious of it. But they're fine with it now. Yes. Um, although they're not writing it yet. No, they haven't jumped on board yet. Like so yeah. those cats we see online, yeah. right? I should put one of uh, Autumn's favorite toys on top and just, see what she does. She might just or supervise it again. <laughs> put a red dot on top of it. Yeah. See if she, just, she, if she tries to knock it off. Chases after it, yeah. yeah. But lots of very fun gifts that I got from everybody, so that was a lot of fun. How about you guys? A lot of my gifts centered around getting a cricket, and I've never had a cricket before. So it is both exciting and daunting. Like the little bug? Yeah, like the little bug. Yeah, <laughs> like little. I hope I can keep it alive. <laughs> no, a cricket is a crafting tool. Yeah. It's an electronic machine that can do so very many things, mm-hmm. and I'm a complete novice. I have a lot of excitement and desire to do it, but no practical knowledge. And you've so, watched TikToks of people doing it. Yeah, I have a lot of videos. a lot of that. So it looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited to learn more about it. But that and organizational stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff too. Sydney and I both do. <laughs> yes, yes. How about you, Cole? Um, I got a lot of really fun things. It's interesting because a lot of my stuff was on the smaller side. Um, and I got a couple of like tiny, tiny little boxes of ammo about the size of my palm. <laughs> we go around and play Santa, pick out gifts for each other, and take turns doing that. So every time it was my turn, I would go through and try to find the smallest gift that everyone had <laughs> and pick up one of my tiny little boxes. <laughs> they were cute. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun. I have to say that's one of my favorite traditions of ours. We take turns... Like Cole said, playing Santa on Christmas we, Day. On Christmas Day, we each we give each of us a gift, and then we sit and we try to guess it. Randy usually guesses it. I have no idea normally, and then we open it together to see what we got, and then somebody else plays Santa, and we do it again. So it takes a little while to get through the gifts, but we really get to enjoy everybody's seeing right. everybody's gifts and their reactions to them, and so that's yeah. We kind of start at some point. We realize there's a theme to the gifts, like. Sydney's dog stuff or things like that. So you start just kind of guessing something related to that. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was like something to re- related to my cricket stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys 
were super uh, nice and got me a bunch of replacement stuff for my bed or to figuring out uh, how to exchange all that stuff out. Yeah, I'm wondering um, now if you're thinking, boy, I can't wait to have that new bed. <laughs> You'll be motivated. Yeah. The highlight of everything that you guys got me was an ornament, a mystery ornament. Yeah, that's uh, right. A, like glass cockatiel bird. What was they mystery did, about like, it? A mystery color box. We knew it was cockatiel, but it was like, what color is it going to be? Right. Uh, it ended up being uh, beautiful. It's not actually, you know, I'm sure it costs a lot less than some of the other stuff. So I joke that it's the it's my favorite thing, but I actually do love it a lot. Yeah, that was a really neat gift. I yes. love that too. I think uh, we mentioned before that you really love the bird, putting the birds up on the Christmas tree. So now you got a couple for yours. And uh, cockatiels are, if not my favorite, one of my favorite birds. Yes, so cool about bird ornaments, but he also got a tiki room. Ornament. True. With many I do have a whole tiki room of birds. Yeah. Which um, is his favorite Disney. After we all celebrated Christmas and everyone kind of went off to, to do their own things and crashed because once we're done with gifts, everyone's usually a little on the tired side. I actually came home and Dad, you came with me. You had given me an office chair too. So we set that up for my kind of home office workstation. Uh, and that was nice. Watched a little of the Saints-Vikings Christmas Day game. Yep. That was fun. But my phone stopped working to stream that game at a certain point, which is unfortunate now that I look back and it was a crazy game. It would have been nice to watch on the TV. Yeah. In the evening, uh, my girlfriend came over and we opened our gifts to each other and my gifts to my cat. Aww. Which were a lot of fun. I got a taco truck scratching post. <laughs> which is adorable. <laughs> and it's called El Gato, which means the cat. Yeah. And it yep. sells fish tacos. But she's been jumping up and enjoying that. That's cute. Our Christmas tree is a little uh, a little smaller than your guys' Christmas tree. <laughs> we decorate it with love. That's right. That's right. It's filled with love, so that's good. It'll be a lot easier to get out of the house. It will be. That is true. That is true. A lot easier to dispose of. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, and you're in town, so I think they dispose. You can put it on the curb, and they'll just take it for you. If you bring it over here on a good windy day, it'll just blow it to the neighbor's yard. <laughs> that is their problem. <laughs> I'll have to check, but that would be nice if they just disposed of it for me. Yes, yeah, pretty sure they do. So you know, Christmas is several of our favorite holidays. I think three of our favorite holidays, close. I think second or third for Cole. Very close second. So we love it. We had a great year again with each other. It was weird because we didn't get to go to our parents, grandparents. That was strange and a little bit sad. We'll get to see them, though. Yeah. It'll just have to be after this COVID stuff is over or the we have a vaccine. Yeah, so it'll be spring or summer Christmas gifts for some yeah. of us. Yeah. I know there's several still out there, so <laughs> we'll enjoy those and, and seeing family and friends when we, we can do that again. The day after Christmas, just briefly, Sydney and I went to Petco yeah. And um, they were, like, really forward-leaning on their holidays, weren't they? Yeah, they not, not only had, like, no Christmas things out, but they had Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. And, yeah, and spring stuff out. Yes. So wow. they were, like, way just, yeah. just forward. Hop, skip, and jump ahead I mean, of the others. Huh? Who yeah. right now is thinking, ooh. I wonder what the uh, St. Patrick's Day decorations look like this year. I know. You know, <laughs> and giving a jump on them for their pets or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That'd I know I'll be one of those crazy pet people who will be getting seasonal holiday collars for my oh, yeah. pet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Little fun. Or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, Walmart was like the last remaining 
big store in the area that didn't put anything on sale prior to Christmas. Yeah. So post-Christmas, the day after, they finally did 50% off, and I got a couple outside trees to replace some of the ones that I needed to replace, so that was good. It's interesting because you go to places like Hobby Lobby, before Christmas, they had like 66% off of their Christmas yeah, stuff. Yeah, the week before. Yeah. And so we got all kinds of things. Walmart was actually, I mean, had sold a lot of their Christmas stuff already before Christmas without sales. So it's kind of funny. They, you know, maybe they didn't need to put them on sale to get rid of them. But uh, I don't know, but two thumbs up for Hobby Lobby. Yeah. I love Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, it can be kind of a bummer post-Christmas, you, you know, the sales, and then the Valentine's Day stuff starts going up. I know for us, we switch from Christmas to winter, so That's it's not right. quite a drastic switch for us. And we really like that. Yeah, which is one way that you can kind of mitigate that post-Christmas depression that you might fall into. I was, I was looking up why we go into that post-Christmas depression, kind of what the causes are, and that, you know, kind of brainstorming some ways that we can maybe get over it, deal with it, not just get over it. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> I actually ended up at psychologytoday.com. Yeah, it's a good place, yeah. An article from Linda Walter, where she was kind of going through why we get depressed after the holidays. And because when we know why we're getting depressed, that's when we can kind of deal with it. Okay. We tend to have our schedules filled up with social events. During the month of December, we tend to be social butterflies rather than homebodies, and it's kind of a drastic switch. Now, in COVID times, not necessarily as social, but still pretty social. Our calendars are still pretty filled up. We're moving. We're doing things constantly, and it's going from a lot of energy to no energy all at once. Yeah, that makes that's a good point. All your things are super exciting, right? It's all the build up to Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not just purchasing gifts. Then you get to wrap them and put ribbons and bows on them. Then you anticipate the person getting them. Right. I mean, it's just a lot of build up. Right. And it's a big anticipation to one moment. Yeah. When the moment gone, it's a big drop. Yeah. And a lot of time with family around the holidays. Now, we didn't this year, but I know a lot of people still did. Uh, a lot of my friends still went to visit extended family that maybe just closer to the area. And spending time with family leaves us with a lot of mixed feelings. We love our family, but they're not always the easiest to be around. Not our family in particular, just families in general. Right. Our family, right. Flawless. Sure. <laughs> yes, that's right. The holidays are a time when, if we're visiting family, we'll tend to remember those who aren't there anymore. Those family members that we've lost and it can make us happy for the memories that we have, but also sad. Right. That they're no longer with us. Not here with us anymore. Yeah. And of course, there's just kind of the logistics of January after Christmas. It's a very cold and dark month. So people tend to hibernate, stay at home, not go out as often. And that kind of gets you into your own head and you know doesn't give you as many uh, endorphins as if you were to go out, be out in the sun with people. Right. I have a friend who loves the summer, and one of the things she loves is, like, keeping the windows open. It just feels like a bigger place. So I could see for her that might be very difficult to have all the windows closed and cold atmosphere, not able to walk as much, you know, just to be out. It's dark a lot longer. Right, yeah. You may have taken off a lot of days from work. In December, to be with people, friends, family, and just over the holidays. And now back to work every single day, it can feel completely draining and overwhelming. 
Yeah, and that's true whether you like your job or not, right? Yeah. I mean, for most people, they'd probably rather be with their family and friends all the time. Mm-hmm. But exactly. um, now you got to go back full time to the work environment. That can be hard. Right, and you may have also overindulged in food and drinks during the holidays. Preach it, brother. Yep. And <laughs> because when you're at Christmas time, you're like, no limitations. That's right. Yep, There's... We're enjoy the holiday. Those sticky buns aren't going to eat themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling a little like Santa myself. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. No one likes a skinny Santa. You may be dealing with staring at that scale, feeling guilty, inadequate, or weak for giving in. And honestly, a big thing is that there's a lot of build-up to Christmas. And for some people, if there's too much build-up, there's no way it's going to live up to that expectation. Oh, yeah. So, so a lot of times coming down from a disappointment. Yeah. But it wasn't everything that you expected it to be, even with all the time off and all the busy schedule. So that's my segment. Ending <laughs> on a, a depressing note, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I'll just edit it out, Cole. <laughs> exactly. Yes. A big thing in January is to try to find things, kind of dig deep, and find things that make you feel good during the holidays and try to push that through into the next year. If you enjoy making a lot of plans and look forward to being out with others, you can still make plans to be out with others now. Invite people over. It doesn't have to be a formal event. Just invite a few friends, however many you can, with your social distancing rules at wherever you live. But invite a few people over just to play games or watch a movie or cook a meal with you. Yeah, that's a um, good idea. Go out to, in this case, I can't really go out to the movies or museums or anything, but you can go out to like a park and enjoy the winter weather. Go on walks with people or by yourself. Right, just to get outdoors, yeah. Even if it's cold and a little miserable, you'll be surprised at how good it does you to be outside. The good thing about the weather in January is even though it's cold, it's a nice crisp environment. It's You can bundle up and to stay warm. It can be very invigorating. Yeah, and this is a big one too is be kind to yourself with respect to any New Year's resolutions you may have made. Yes, that's true. Instead of being hard on yourself for not sticking to your plan or for falling through, just kind of acknowledge that maybe your plan was unrealistic. If you're going to make a New Year's resolution for yourself, try to make it something that is achievable based on what you know who you are. That's a really good point. It doesn't have to be a great leap forward. It can just be a few small changes to better yourself in your life. And that's actually a better way to move forward with change, right? Making a, a small change that you can achieve regularly and then do another one once that one is established. Much better way to move forward. I think that's a great way to do New Year's resolutions. Have the resolution rather than, oh, I'm going to work out four days a week. Say, you know what, I want to make the resolution that I'm going to work out one day a week. And part of my resolution is that when I'm able to do that, I'll move on to two days. Right. Good idea. A lot of folks end up crashing and falling through because they're... Resolutions just are too much. Right. Find the things you enjoy, people you enjoy. Remember that you can still go and spend time with the same people that you enjoyed during Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Thank you very much, Cole. That was very interesting. 
And helpful. And helpful, especially going into the January month. Now, the month of January is National Mentoring Month. So if you don't know, National Mentoring Month is a campaign held each January to promote mentoring in the United States. It was inaugurated in 2002, and it was spearheaded by the Harvard School of Public Health, Mentor, and the Corporation for National and Community Service. That's so, a mouthful. Right. <laughs> so basically the whole month is to highlight mentoring in your life, right? So thinking back on people who have mentored you and maybe giving it forward by starting to mentor others. A highlight of the campaign is Thank Your Mentor Day in which Americans thank and honor their mentors. So the International Mentoring Day or Thank Your Mentor Day in 2021 is January 17th. Okay. So first, let me talk about what mentoring is, and then I'll get into different ways that you can show appreciation to your mentor. A mentor is defined as an experienced and trusted advisor. So that's a noun, and the verb is to advise or train someone, especially a younger colleague. But mentoring can go both ways. Right. You can me- they call it reverse mentoring sometimes. That's right. Where a less experienced person or a younger person, could be either one, mentor somebody more experienced or older. Right. Oftentimes in terms of like technology and things like yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of times it is technology. Because yeah. the younger generation tends to know that yes. a little bit more fluently. Than yes. The other. Like if you want to learn TikTok. Right. Right. Yeah. You can learn it from Beth. <laughs> Or you can learn it from a younger person who does it a lot. Right, right, right. I just enjoy watching. That's oh, right. Right. Especially the cat and dog ones. They're hilarious. <laughs> she, she is the heavy TikTok user of the entire family. I am. Last <laughs> night I was just showing Dad a, a TikTok of a little cat. Well, it's a kitten. It was a kitten that was um, playing around a ball but never once touched it. It was like <laughs> leaping. and I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. So people are really creative, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So real quick, let me define what uh, mentoring is versus what coaching is. Because sometimes those oh, two point. can be a little confusing. Coaching is defined as partnering with person or client in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. So it's more short-term and it's more about um, something specific. For mentoring, it is with an experienced and trusted advisor. And it's defined as mentoring an employee as an employee training system under which a senior or more experienced individual, the mentor, or just as we talked about earlier, the reverse mentoring, is assigned to act as an advisor, counselor, or guide to a junior or trainee. The mentor is responsible for providing support to and feedback on the individual in their charge. So for instance, the focus for coaching is more performance driven and designed to improve the professionals on the job performance. And mentoring is more development driven, not looking just at the professional's current job function, but beyond and taking a more holistic approach to career development. Interesting. So you could have like years of a uh, mentoring relationship with your mentor or mentee. Here are different ways to show your appreciation to your mentor. And some of these are fairly easy and we might have heard them before. You know, one could be pass on the great experience that you receive from a mentor by becoming a mentor yourself to someone in your community or in your professional career. Another is write a tribute to your mentor. 
let your mentor know that their support and dedication are being recognized. You know, if your organization has a system of putting different mentoring stories on display. This says, bake something delicious like cookies or a cake to show your mentor how sweet they are. <laughs> now, granted, with COVID, that might not be suggestible at this point. Another is send your mentor a thank you card. And this, I feel like, is a very common one, but a very effective one, especially if it's handwritten or, like, from the heart kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You can make a financial contribution to a local mentoring program in your mentor's honor. You can record and send a video message to your mentor that expresses your gratitude. You could take pictures of the words thank you spelled out with different objects and deliver it to your mentor for a thoughtful surprise. So what that translates to in my head is like decorating kind of thing. Yep. You can give your mentor a phone call to brighten their day, tell them about a lesson that they taught you or how much progress you've made since you met them. And make your mentor a collage of different pictures that you think symbolize your mentor-mentee relationship. So no matter how you choose to show your appreciation, make sure to let your mentor know just how special they are to you. It's yeah. really nice. And I've been a mentor for many, many years. I've had mentors. But as a mentor, just receiving feedback from a mentee, a person that I'm mentoring, um, is just a gift in and of itself. Just to see them doing well or how they adjusted or how they used information from me or other people to make their professional work better in some way or make their fit for their job work better mm -hmm. um, or find what they were looking for. That's just a huge reward for mentors. So mm -hmm. I encourage you to consider doing that. So thank you, Sydney. And I, we hope that all of you have mentors and have mentees. It's nice to do both. And I don't think you're ever too old or too young to do either one. So I encourage mm -hmm. you to do that for January 2021. And that may help you for the rest of the year going forward. That's right. Now, the other thing that happens in January every four years is Inauguration Day in the United States. So first, what is Inauguration Day? Well, for the United States, it's the ceremony to mark the commencement of a new four-year term for the President of the United States. The inauguration takes place for each new presidential term, even if the President is continuing office for a second term. Since 1937, it has taken place at noon Eastern Standard Time on January 20th, the first day of the new term, some 72 to 78 days after the presidential election, except for three occasions when January 20th fell on a Sunday. In those years, the presidential oath of office was administered on that day privately and then again in a public ceremony on the next day, on the Monday after that, the 21st. The most recent presidential inauguration was held on January 20th, 2017, when Donald Trump assumed office, and the next is scheduled to take place on January 20th, 2021, when Joe Biden will assume office. The recitation of the presidential oath of office is the only component in this ceremony mandated by the United States Constitution. Though it is not a constitutional requirement, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court typically administers the presidential oath. But Inauguration Day has not always gone as smooth as what I've just laid out. Let me give you some examples of Inauguration Days in the past that did not go so well. <laughs> so the very first inauguration to George Washington took place 57 days later than expected because Congress couldn't get a quorum together to receive the election results. So it took longer than expected just because the congressmen at the time were all over the country and they had to travel oh. by horse get back in order to receive the, the results. On the day that they finally did the ceremony, which was on April 30th of that year, 
they discovered they had no Bible on hand. So they had to run to a nearby Masonic Lodge to grab a Bible. And Washington took the oath of office dressed in a dark brown suit with eagles emblazed on the buttons, a dress sword, and fashionably powdered hair. Moving to Andrew Jackson in 1829 for his first term, he welcomed a rowdy crowd of 20,000 of his supporters to celebrate him at the White House after he took the oath of office. The celebration dissolved into a near brawl, complete with broken furniture and smashed crystal. As one socialite described it, ladies fainted, men were seen with bloody noses, and such a scene of confusion took place as impossible to describe. President Jackson himself was forced to escape the mayhem by jumping through a window. That is ridiculous. Oh my yes. But very much him. Yeah, very much him. <laughs> I was about to say, it's very in character for Andrew Jackson. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard of this one from William Henry Harrison, that despite the exceedingly cold weather, Inauguration Day in 1841, the war hero and incoming president refused to wear a coat or hat and insisted riding back to the White House on horseback instead of in a covered carriage. He delivered the longest address in inaugural history. His speech was 8,445 words long and took more than two hours to read. It was actually his presidency ended up being the briefest in history as well. Shortly after his inauguration, he caught a cold, which turned into pneumonia, and he died on April 4th. 1841, just 31 days after taking office. Now, some people believe that it was the speech in that day that where he caught the cold. Some think he actually caught the cold later than that, but a lot of people attribute it to him staying out and giving that speech. Over to Abraham Lincoln and his second inauguration in 1865. Incoming Vice President Andrew Johnson drank a few medicinal whiskeys to calm his nerves and ease the symptoms of a recent bout of typhoid fever. By the time he rose to take the oath of office, he was visibly drunk, slurring his words and rambling incoherently for some 20 minutes. Oh boy. During the speech, he bragged about his humble origins and the triumph over Confederate rebels. Lincoln reportedly looked on in horror while the former Vice President Hannibal Hamlin tugged at his coattails in a failed bid to get him to stop. Lincoln waited patiently with his eyes shut until the embarrassing spectacle ended. He later said Johnson had made a bad slip but was not a drunkard. Barely one month later, Johnson would be sworn in again, this time as president. <laughs> I could see Lincoln like being horrified. <laughs> so over to Ulysses S. Grant. His second inauguration was in March of 1873. It was one of the coldest March days in history in Washington, D.C. The recorded temperature was 16 degrees Fahrenheit at noon, with gusty winds making it feel more like negative 15 to negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Flags along Pennsylvania Avenue froze or ripped loose, while ambulances stood by during the inaugural parade to take frostbitten military cadets to the hospital. Oh my gosh. The inaugural ball took place in a temporary structure erected for the grand occasion, but it wasn't equipped for the cold weather, and the guests kept their heavy coats on as they dined and danced. They had brought in canaries to add a festive touch. <laughs> However, oh, no. the canaries oh, no. hanging from the ceiling in cages froze to death. That's so sad. <laughs> it really is. Why didn't anybody take the canaries I, I down? I guess they were just too cold. Aww. And a scuffle broke out at the coat check area. People couldn't read the claim coats. And people waited in line to get their outerwear back. Fights broke out. Some guests abandoned their jackets and hats along the way. So those who checked them, because apparently a lot of them kept them. 
Right. Which was apparently smart. Speaking of birds, though, birds also didn't do well on Richard Nixon's inauguration day. He wanted to make sure the pigeons didn't ruin his big day. So the 37th president had a chemical bird repellent sprayed along the inaugural route. The streets at the time of the parade were strewn with dozens of dead pigeons. That's so sad. (laughs) It really is. And gross. And gross. Oh my goodness. During his second inauguration ball, a rooster escaped from a farm (laughs) exhibit and joined some of the guests in their $1,000 box area for the ball. (laughs) After one guest claimed it assaulted her, (laughs) they were able to catch it and get it back to the farm exhibit. It probably did. Roosters can be mean. Right. Interestingly, 1929 with President Hoover, uh, when he was sworn in, the chief justice who administered the oath, who was William Howard Taft, he garbled it, substituting the word maintained for protect. An eighth grade girl named Helen Toiliger caught the flub and sent Taft a note. Instead of admitting the error, Taft wrote a letter insisting he got the words right. And movie buffs eventually played their newsreels to determine who was right. The eighth grader held the day, and Taft eventually conceded he was wrong. <laughs> so dumb. I know. It's like you messed up. Just admit it. And the last one while was for James Madison's uh, inauguration. While partying was has always been a major part of the inaugural tradition, guests were considerably rowdier in years past. During James Madison's inaugural ball in 1809, the weather got so hot, the patrons reportedly broke out the windows at that hotel so they could breathe. In January? No, no. It was actually uh, later in the year. That yeah, was what, some of the earlier year. ones were like in April and, and uh, March. Okay. That's probably what that one was. You know, we have the inauguration in January this year. Hope we won't have any crazy things. It'll be a smooth transition, but you never know. You don't. Our future festivities are for the week of January 11th. January 11th is National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friends Day. That does not sound nice <laughs> and more friendly. January 12th is National Hot Tea Day. Love that. January 13th, International Skeptics Day. Oh, I don't know about that mm. one. Or as a Siren Life Skip. I don't know about that. <laughs> January 14th. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> January 14th, National Dress Up Your Pet Day. Cute. January 15th, National Bagel Day. January 16th, National Nothing Day. And January 17th, Benjamin Franklin Day. You can always follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, we are at holiday moons, one word. And you can search for us on the Facebook search bar using holiday moons. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can email us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Beth, Sydney, and Randy, happy 2021.